0: court my name is andy claudfelter
1: i'm lisa monahan
0: and you're listening to the show 90s court as i just said i
1: (laughs) he's just reiterating gotta make sure you know where you are
0: i was like let's just really just get into the meat of it without like talking a bunch and then instead i just throw an entire sentence in there that was completely unnecessary so welcome back everybody and to those of you who are new that were just like i need this to be my first episode cool i'm glad you're here uh so (laughs) This show, uh, Lisa and I like to take two things from the 90s and pit them against each other in court, which is where we talk about like, hey, my thing's better. And she's like, no, my thing's better. Or maybe we're just indifferent to both of them and we just make fun of them the whole time. Either way, then it comes up to you, the jury, to decide on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to vote each week on which you prefer as the best. And then you'll find out who wins the next week. Um Boom. then we also like to bring to wait. up wait. yeah. Yeah, and then we like to bring up some other smaller things maybe from the 90s as well that maybe you had tucked away deep 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 in your subconscious and hadn't thought about for a century. It seems highly unlikely that you haven't thought about it for a century given how long ago the 90s was. But, you know, time travel and all that.
1: Um random idea that I'm spoiling on the show, maybe sure. for April Fools next year we'll do we'll do 1890s court. <laughs>
0: I was just thinking we just wouldn't have an episode like we would just have like <laughs> like an hour of just blank air. <laughs> but just I dead you know air. what?
1: Whatever. I, that sounds like an easier episode than try to research something from the eighteen nineties, but to each their own. We'll yeah.
0: see. I'll I'll freaking destroy some Spanish American war. And I think it was like um God, I think I looked that up at some point. Maybe like the stop sign was invented in the eighteen nineties.
1: <laughs> Big things. Big things happened in the, happened 18, in the 1890s. Um, before we move on to some other parts of the show, I wanted to take a moment to do some some plugs at the beginning of the episode, real quick. Uh, we wanted to first and for, first and first mostly welcome our newest bailiff, who's a Patreon supporter. That would be David. 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 That's the sound for that. Um, we appreciate your support and all your Twitter activity, which is rad. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and as always, uh, we oh goodness, we probably owe we owe an episode
0: we do i was thinking we like an episode trying to pound something out this week so we can get it out either before next before next weekend hopefully
1: we shall see it's thanksgiving week it's a wild yeah. wild wonderful week well, um, we know
0: how much prep we have to do for those those patreon episodes so
1: <laughs> so so we have special episodes on patreon um that are exclusive to our supporters over there it's patreon.com slash 90 scored if you feel like going over there five level excuse me five dollars and higher gets you bailiff level gets you some stickers david and i believe it was jake was that our last one as well we owe some stickers to. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'll message you guys sometime this week and get your addresses, not to stalk you, but to give you some beautiful stickers. I don't and know. so I don't know. I might still kind of I'm not suspects. gonna sauce you. This sounds this sounds tricky now. I promise if you give me your dress, I will do nothing bad with it. I promise. Um and then as always, we would really appreciate it. If you are listening to the show and you like it, hit us up on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you listen and give us, you know, a five star rating or review. We'd love it. We'd like to read those out when we get some new fun ones on the show. It just feels good to the heart. Come to on. Do something nice like that. Just and do it. Find yeah, just come listen, on. Listen, I know,
0: I know how many people listen to the show, and that is not how many five star ratings reviews we have. So, <laughs> the rest of y'all need to get get in line and get on it.
1: You know what? I that'll be my incentive for the week too. I'll go do one because I listen to uh, I listen to several podcasts that I've sure. never reviewed. So I should unless do that as well this week. <laughs> unless, yeah.
0: unless there are a lot of people listening who are just like, I this really sucks. dislike, I hate this show, but I still listen every week. <laughs>
1: like a yeah a grudge grudge listen <laughs> then don't
0: um, you don't leave it you don't leave a, uh, a, you, a rating please
1: yeah just just you know what you can do if you don't want to leave a rating but you grudge love the show then why don't you just tell a friend about it and that goes a long way as well and we will thank you that, that'll that give you like karma we all need some good karma right yes. now so yeah
0: podcast karma podcast so karma. so yeah so all those things being said um it's me andy once again asking for a handout please listen <laughs> I just always think this is like one of those commercials that's like, listen, you don't want to. We don't like asking for money. You don't like. You don't like listening to us ask for money. But here we are, like, hat like in a hand. telethon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> please listen to Anomalous Fascination." Um, for those of you who haven't yet, obviously I know a lot of people probably listened to the Wow Signal, which was the first episode, which dropped in the '90s Court Feed. I know a lot of people listen to that, so that's super awesome. Thank you. No, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's certainly worth looking into. Um, I did a very rad, unsolved case last week, and this week I'll be talking about, drumroll, cats. <laughs>
1: Meow.
0: <laughs> Meow. Uh, yes, that's right. Some mystery, mysterious and unknown s- uh, facts regarding gatos, which uh, should drop tomorrow if you're listening on Monday. Um, the episode drops on Tuesday, the 24th. So Hell
1: Also yeah. available on
0: YouTube because reasons.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Reasons. I like that as an explanation. I just, I
0: just decided. Like, other people did it. I was like, sure, I'll do that.
1: It's not a bad idea, you know. Another platform for people to find it. I certainly search up most of my stuff on YouTube. I yeah, get weirdly, recipes off YouTube.
0: that my older brother, like like <laughs> was wanting to listen to the episode, and he, when I posted it, he post replied on Facebook, like, "I appreciate you doing the YouTube thing because I never know how to listen to podcasts anywhere else." So I was like, "Oh, what?" Well. <laughs> what he's like he doesn't he's older like and he is he's not doesn't listen to podcasts so um, okay. so the fact that he even responded I was like glad I'm glad I did a YouTube then so <laughs> well, um, right then. So, things you know why you're here you're here to talk about the 90s mm-hmm. um, so we're about to get into that right now and as we mentioned despite last week missing out on the things uh, because we did a little bit of a oops all court case episode This week we'll be bringing you a couple of things from the 90s that might just burn with a bright fire in the back of your brain but you haven't accessed it in a while and we're here to bring those things to the surface and make your entire brain burn instead okay (laughs) so uh so this week i'll be going first as far as that goes so this week i would like to talk to you about an ad campaign that began in 1993 Okay. And as far as I know, might even be going on now still. I don't know. Uh, as far as you know. As far as I know, because I haven't really looked into it since then. But um, let me just play you just a real quick advertisement from this, and then I'll tell you what. About, tell you more about it.
1: Okay. Drink your milk, kids. I don't want milk. Milk's for babies. Yeah, babies. It's not wrong. Oh, yeah? Well, I happen to know that milk helps build strong bones. So drink up. Well, Mr. Miller told me he never drinks milk. Look at him. Yeah.
0: Who the hell is Mr. Miller? Mr. Miller's arms have just ripped off after trying to lift a wheelbarrow. Oh,
1: that's not good. Got milk? Oh my gosh! <coughs> Andy, got milk is amazing. Thank you for bringing this hell up. Yeah. This, we studied this so so. I, I I got a degree in advertising, and we studied the Got Milk campaign so hard. It,
0: it Freaking crushed. And I, if you were not as familiar, weren't you weren't the age to appreciate it or understand it well enough, maybe you were freaking five years old at this point. I was like between eight and ten years old when like the this really like caught its stride between ninety-three and ninety-five. So even for me as a child, this was huge. Like at school too, like it was such a huge thing. So it's a real two headed serpent because it not only did it have some amazing TV commercials. But the big thing about it, most of all, was in print, um, where it, for some reason, against all odds, just crushed uh, with very little effort (laughs) involved in it. Um, So the campaign started first with the commercial, uh, which the first commercial was this, which is where we see a guy's house, which is decked with Alexander Hamilton memorabilia everywhere. And when he suddenly makes himself a PBJ and turns on the radio, he shoves the sandwich in his mouth, and then the radio says... Now our next trivia piece, who shot Alexander Hamilton in the famous duel And the guy like is like wide-eyed and like, oh shit, I know this finally like and it's showing all these different things he has like the bullet who, that killed Alexander Hamilton and all this shit in his house. Um, and then he gets a, f- a phone call. They're like, let's let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Phone rings. <gasps> That's right. But first off, let me say this I don't know of any radio people that just call people not asking, hey, call us. it's just we're gonna call you out of the blue.
1: It seemed like something he did in the 90s to be like, hey, this is an invasion of your personal privacy, and like <laughs> sure. we're just going to randomly dial a number, yeah. and it's going to be a grandmother, and we're going to ask her what celebrity crush she has. Hello? Ooh. Hello? Mm-hmm. All
0: right, you're back. Hello, little man. <laughs> who killed? Little man. Killed? Little man. Uh, so yeah, but he says, for $10,000, who shot Alexander Hamilton? And obviously, you can see where this is going mm-hmm. um, as he attempts to answer, but he has just very, very thick PB&J in his mouth and cannot, he's like, oh, uh, Amber. And the guy couldn't understand him and then he reaches to grab a milk carton that ends up being empty um, and just as the guy says, well, we're going to hang up and then they hung out the phone and he lost on his chance. He's like, it was his moment. And yes. then at the end, uh, after it hangs up, they say, got milk.
1: Such a good campaign. Which, that, one, that one
0: makes the most sense of like, oh, we get it while you're doing this. Like the posters and all the like the things in in magazines and you know all that stuff mm-hmm. didn't make quite as much sense <laughs> didn't make as much sense it was just here's a person that drank milk recently
1: yeah a milk mustache it, yeah that I think those were mostly athletes and stuff though right just to oh, be we're like the go, celebrity so we're dreams. gonna go over that we're gonna go over that yeah, oh oh, mm-hmm.
0: oh 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 okay so anyway so I just played the other one but it was um, basically the print ads when at least at my school where we were at were essentially like the Beanie Babies of, like, 94 to 95. Mm -hmm. Which, I know that sounds insane, but people collected the fucking ads and, like, would talk about, like, new ones that they got at school all the time. Because there were so fucking many of these. Like, literally, you could... I could not go through and name all of them. It would take an hour, like, to name every single one that ever came out. Mm -hmm. But there were just so many of them, and some were, like, a lot more rare than others. Um, so it's kind of like, I guess, you know, Beauty Babies or, or Pokemon cards <laughs> type yes. of thing. Um, so people literally were obsessed with these ads at, at school and, and basically would brag about collections, particularly when they would ha- find rare rare, hard to find ones. So mm-hmm. um, the print ads, as we know, were basically pictures of a famous singer, athlete, actor, etc., or fictional character, video game character or cartoon character with a milk mustache and the got milk at the top. Um, some of these ex- include David Copperfield, Bart Simpson, Dennis Rodman, Larry King, Phoebe and Rachel from Friends, Austin Powers, right. Alex Trebek, R.I.P., Mario, Brett Favre. And like I said, just the list goes on and on of how many athletes, uh, actors and actresses, fictional characters from TV shows, all that stuff that ended up showing up in there. Um and some of them were funnier than others, you know, but, but most of them it was just the person trying to look really intense and cool with a milk mustache.
1: We all look super cool with milk mustaches. <clears throat> sure. Wait, wait, wait. That's my new Halloween costume next year. Just the milk, the milk, milk mustache. mustache? Just the milk mustache. Which... And just the shirt yeah. that says
0: Got Milk. Um,. In addition to people having personal collections, I know at least one teacher. So this was the reason I think maybe it was bigger at our school than some other ones. There was a teacher at our school who was one of the biggest hard-ass teachers. And, like, his classes were genuinely hard because he had no mercy on people. (laughs) Um, Where he wanted – he was asking kids to cut out the ads and bring them to him. And people would do that, like, almost every day. Because Hmm. if he got one from them that he didn't have in his collection, they got extra credit. Which, That's yes, in, retros- weird thing in to retrospect, kind of shady. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. That's so weird. Weird,
0: weird things to do. But anyways, um, so early on it was great, but eventually he had like everything, so it became nearly impossible. Like you'd bring stuff in and you'd be like, "Wow, this is super rare to me," and he's like, "Nope, just got that one." And I'm like, "Fuck." So, uh, so yeah, so the so the dude was a hard ass teacher, but it was kind of nice for once to see him like happy about something because he was always super excited when he got these. Uh, so super random but also interesting. So
1: Yeah, that's interesting and also a little suspect. Like I kinda wanna like yeah. retroactively call the principal and be like, Do you know this is going on yeah. in like, your school?
0: It's kinda weird that like that like the go-getters with like a fuck ton of magazines at their house are sub are randomly getting more extra credit than <laughs> other people. Um so even today, it's still weird to me. So like the concept of them advertising milk, like they're advertising just the general concept of milk, which is like the most one of the most generic products on the planet. Not for a brand necessarily, just milk, period.
1: Just the milk lobby, yeah. man. And
0: yet that was such a huge campaign. Like they did it they did it for so long and they made they did so well. If this was for a business like or something like that, they would be killing it. But instead it's just like, hey, milk's doing good now. milk's, <laughs> the whole... milk's
1: having a like a heyday right now. You haven't oh. seen how much milk is flying off the shelf?
0: Like I can I compare this to the equivalent of being like like petroleum as a whole. And they're like, <laughs> hey, you should use gasoline or bread. Just got bread. But regardless, despite <laughs> seemingly she got bread out of nowhere commercial out of nowhere campaign, it was super dope. And, um, and yeah, I remember even going through uh, while I was looking this up and just looking at some of the old ads and kind of brought back some memories of different things. And you might check it out because it's still pretty cool.
1: And before you knew it, you just had a full quart of milk in your hand. You're like, what the fuck? And then you're just, just drinking saying, this milk. This campaign was so suck. successful. You're like, I'm lactose intolerant. Help me. It's like, no, you're oh. drinking milk. The 2020 version would definitely be like soy milk or almond milk. Or I mean, I know so many people who drink oat milk. It's like, man, get off my back. Oat Give me whole milk or get out. You have to understand,
0: yeah. Lisa. You're also from like near Austin, Texas, which mm-hmm. is like a very like is basically Portland. So like I think like yeah. this is a slightly different area than, than like central Illinois where I'm from. I don't think we're gonna go crazy with the uh
1: with oat milk. With
0: oat milk, yeah.
1: You never know, man. You never know. Just saying it's
0: not available as much here. So
1: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Tell me about man. your thing. Uh, fucking Andy I'm going to go old school this week Andy And I'm going to take you on a journey of a song That's right you called it a song That turns <laughs> 25 turns 25 In just a few weeks And I'm sorry I know mm-hmm. Doing this to you is a little bit tough because this is not a genre That you listen to but it is an extremely Important song mm-hmm. and it needs to be covered mm-hmm. On the show and that song Is California <laughs> So good, Andy. I'm not gonna play it all 30 seconds.
0: Do you really think I was gonna shame oh. this song?
1: I didn't think you were gonna shame it. I just wasn't sure with how little experience I've heard from you in the past of, of like like how much you knew rap. Yeah, but like, I was like he's not gonna know this. Like
0: this song was just it? so huge, though. It, it was, was like was on everywhere huge. for years. So
1: it was on everything. I've got the entire set of lyrics tattooed on my back. I love California. I, and, I mean, love I think that's not true.
0: It's also a song about a specific thing, which I always find those songs are really helpful because if <laughs> it's geography. about a thing, then anytime time <laughs> like hey, like hey, I'm from California, let's play this song to illustrate the fact that we're like in a movie that we're going to California or something like that. Yes. So it, it got used a lot for a lot of things.
1: That's true. It did. It did get used for a lot of things. And and this song is of course California Love by Tupac and Dr. Dre. Um, this is one of Tupac's greatest hits, and he had he had a lot of good songs, but Mm-hmm. I was never, like, the biggest Tupac fan. I may have been more in the Notorious B.I.G. house. I'm sorry about that. But, like, this was this was his, uh, I think, the first track he released after his release from prison earlier in 1995. So this came mm-hmm. out in 1995 as well. Um, it was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for two weeks. Um, and first things first, the song is called California Love, which, in hindsight, is hilarious to me Um because it's a song dedicated to a state now i know it's more than that like i'm not dumb i know there's more to this than just being about california and instead it's like a heavy (laughs) add to the ongoing like east coast west coast rivalry between he and notorious big but like to me the concept of a song about a state is like it's just really fucking funny love that love
0: that bear flag
1: oh my gosh hey the bear flag is pretty cool i know right i do like the bear flag let's just be honest california is like the cool older brother of the entire united states like it's the one that's in college yeah like off to call he may not be doing great in college but he's gone to college and if you're if you're judging
0: it you're usually just jealous
1: that's exactly right it's like he's like well yeah california's got a girlfriend what do you have like oh you're right oh you have literally like oregon
0: like every (laughs) like type of uh landscape you can possibly have like in one state too you're like exactly i don't even have to leave the state and i'm gonna go to the mountains now i'm gonna go to the beach now i'm gonna go to the plains i mean like you know there's so many different types of uh land places there
1: yeah i met a chick yesterday who said that her husband was stationed uh he was gone serving and i was like where's the station she goes monterey california i was like that's dope Mm -hmm. (laughs) i want to go get stationed in california but like Listen, the lyrics are the lyrics crack me up because he's just like name dropping towns in California. And so it's like, it's all good from Diego to the Bay and like in the city of LA, in the city of good old Watts, which I I had to look up Watts Mm because I was like, Watts, California? I guess it's like a a part of LA. And then like in the city, city of Compton, we keep it rocket. And I was like, Andy, can you imagine like, someone having so much love for your state of illinois that they wrote a song about that like like it's all good from kankakee to champagne and like city
0: of dekalb
1: city DeKalb. of roach <laughs> city of bible grove yeah i looked up illinois cities
0: bible grove can- you're like naming Bi- some Bi- i've never heard of
1: do you, do you know roach town? i looked that up you have, I have a never roach heard town of it.
0: if it's there it's probably somewhere deep in the south like that's probably has like 500 people in it
1: where's kankakee
0: Oh, Kankakee is like fifty miles north of northeast of me. It's on the the way between us and Chicago.
1: Well, hot diggity dog, Kankakee—that got name dropped. Just so so you know,
0: (laughs) if anybody is from Kankakee, has ever been there, their their water tastes like eggs.
1: Tastes like eggs. Like it tastes like
0: sulfur. Yeah.
1: That's not so hot. That's not so great. See, and this is why no one's written a song about you, Illinois, except for probably a lot of songs about Chicago. Actually, that's not true. Sufjan Stevens had the Come on. Like, was it Phil the Illinois or something like that?
0: Yeah. Damn it. Mean, there's also the Normal Illinois song, which is also great. Which there's, uh. I don't remember who's back by going back to normal Illinois.
1: I don't know this. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Might be making but, it up. But,
1: but regardless of the song, I don't want to say regardless of a song. It's dope. California rules. It deserves its own song. There's a lot of good rapping in there. The video is amazing. And I went back and watched it several times this afternoon because it felt so good to my heart to, to bring that back into my life. But I, as a little girl in the 90s, had no experience or background with Mad Max. And so I did not catch that at all during the video. If you recall, it's like them driving through the desert set in, I think I read it was like set in 2095 getting closer to that by the day Mm -hmm. um thank god we won't be here by the time it comes around (laughs) but oh i hurt my own feelings um (laughs) but it's like them driving in like mad max style cars out in the middle of the desert and it's got like the thunderdome like it was filmed on the set from the movie with the thunderdome and like everyone's in like loincloths and apocalyptic gear and it's just it's just crazy and there's dust everywhere and I don't know. It felt awesome to be like, man, you're right. California is crazy, or it's gonna be crazy. Um, uh huh. I don't know what. What are you laughing at?
0: No, I'm sorry. I was looking at I was looking at the Sufjan Steve Stevens album because I'm aware of it, but I've never actually looked at the names of the songs. And yeah. this is hysterical to me.
1: Mm. What did you find? <laughs> I, I, I like this album, but I can't. Here's remember a funny. Here's a funny thing. Chicago's so, a good song, right? So
0: Cast me yeah. There's a n- song named Chicago, and there's also a Decatur song. Um, which is like 20 minutes from me, Casimir Pulaski day, which tickled me the most because <laughs> just cause Illinois randomly, like at least when I was growing up, I don't know if it still is, but we would have Casimir Pulaski day off, um, because th- there was such a large Polish uh, contingent in like Chicago area. And so we learned about Casimir Pulaski and I don't think like any other state <laughs> had that at all. Uh, so it's just funny that he has a song specifically about that holiday. <laughs>
1: Yep. That's, well, maybe Illinois. I mean, Sufjan Stevens really pulling it out. But you didn't have Tupac. You never no. will have Tupac. Oh, no. has gone now. But I don't know. It was just a – this song was huge. And it it, was, it seems like – just like with everything in the 90s, this song just got beaten like a dead horse. Like It was just on all the time. The video on – the video was not short. The song is like five and a half minutes long. So if you saw it coming, you're like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to go make a bowl of cereal, you know – Go to the bathroom, come back, mm-hmm. and we'll be about halfway done. <laughs> and then I can just finish up that. But, but look, I mean, in hindsight, with this much time away from it, almost 25 years, so tough, almost 25 years since its release, it's still good. And Tupac rules. And one day I'd love to do a Tupac versus Notorious VIG case if you felt so inclined, if you felt willing. But mm-hmm. you might have, I might have to guest star, uh, 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 Oh my gosh. Mary. Yes,
0: yeah, have somebody else on the show and I'll just yeah. like I'll just sit in the background. I think most people appreciate that anyways. Um, <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so that's my thing. Fucking No, thank
0: you. California. Dee dee love, dee baby. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. But no, I, I, I get because like that like shouting out all the different towns and stuff, like people love that shit. Like if somebody shouted out Monticello, Illinois on a song, I would lose my mind. <laughs> so trust me um so anyways uh thanks everybody for sticking around for the first half of the show we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to to you with the poll results from last week and court case
1: See you you you. welcome back from the break thank you for staying with us for episode 61 and you hope you enjoyed all the good 90s nostalgia deliciousness from the first part but boy howdy have we Boy, got, Howdy! We've got we've got a big one in the court case today. Maybe two big ones, but certainly one big one in the court case today. Yeah, this is like this is like Christmas Day. and You're like, there's a big present and like a medium present. <laughs> I, we'll see what happens. But which before, which one they
0: like more? Whether it's the big present or the medium present?
1: Exactly. Do you want a big cake or like? Yeah. Blue? piece of cake. Yeah, so I don't want to do it like that. I don't want to sell them off down the river like that. But whatever.
0: Yeah, I will say like as far as the court case, I mean it's it's some really dope movies. Like it was mainly like mm-hmm. I think literally like my exact words were like we need to do like cuz Lisa loves um Jim Carrey and says so like mm-hmm. we have to do a Jim Carrey movie. We have not done a single Jim Carrey movie. And so, like, we just were thinking for so long, and we're like, ah, fuck it, fine, these will (laughs) work. So,
1: Yeah, Yeah, we did it. We did. We did a thing. We did a thing. But before we get into the court case, Mm -hmm. we have poll results. We do.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, PB Crisp versus Dunkaroos. First off, Mm -hmm. I want to say, some of, like, it was hard for me on Monday reading the comments on Facebook about, about PB Crisp and how everybody's like, fuck PB Crisp, you suck, and you're the worst. Um, so I just wanted you to know you just hurt my feelings a little bit, but luckily, um, you know, I was redeemed a little bit later on. So, Facebook, uh, eighty four point eight percent to thirteen point two percent. So not great.
1: Not great. Not, <laughs> not so hot. not
0: the worst. I mean, I know for a fact we've had one worse even more recently than that. I think some one of them had 7% or something like that.
1: Which one was that one?
0: I don't remember, but it, Twitter just completely blasted, it and I can't even remember which one it was, but mm-hmm. um, they just did not care for the other thing. Um, so you're thinking, like, wow, I can't believe just, like, how badly they got beat, and I wonder how much worse it was on Twitter. Well, let's put it this way. <laughs> Pe Crisp Nation showed up in a big way. Twitter, 53.2% to 46.8% for PB Crisps. That's right. <laughs> Wait, PB, I, do, I misunderstood this. PB, PB Crisps won, won on Twitter. On Twitter, by, oh, wow. <laughs> by a much smaller margin, of course. But um, it had considerable more votes than the, than the Facebook poll did. Um, wow. Almost double. Um, Instagram, I don't know what the results were on that, but I'm sure it was probably a pretty small sample size on there. Mm. I'm sure it probably went strongly to Dunkaroos as well. Um, so between, to make tiebreakers, we always have to do this, between Twitter and Facebook, the total percentages combined uh, rounded out at Dunkaroos 61%, PB Crisps 39 So to okay. all of those people on Facebook who were shaming PB Crisps and saying this is the dumbest c- c- coupling ever, <laughs> y'all can suck it because it was pretty close. Um and as I mentioned, surprisingly, a, once again, a special thank you to PB Crisp Nation uh, for coming out. We've, I think, a lot of people listen to the show as a result of uh, some some posts and reach outs from them. Uh, we love PB Crisps and we love you all.
1: <laughs> it was eighty four sixteen Dunkaroos on Instagram, but I know you've yeah, already was, done the best separately. Fat. It was a big blowout. That's yeah. rough.
0: But That's um, I will say this: I did give Dunkaroos a chance to participate too, but they decided not to share it, like uh, like <laughs> like t- like PB Crisp did. If they had have maybe they would have done better on Twitter. So
1: yeah, think about that next time. a was
0: yeah, gunkaroos, get your life together. So, anyways, I clearly take like it is amazing how I will not take like I could care less about a lot of polls, and then like ones like this come out, and I'm just like so, taking it so personally.
1: <laughs> this one, because well, but this one you, you were like you were invested in, and it, and it and at first I was like that's not a thing. And then the more I saw the stuff happening on Twitter yeah. and stuff like that, I was like, okay, there's a thing. Yeah. There's something here that I that some of us who have never even heard of this have no idea what we were missing. Because yeah, everybody's
0: so. comments that were like, Man, this I haven't even heard of this, what a dumb thing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you just haven't heard of it. You just didn't have yeah. it. Like it's not it's it existed for three years versus like twenty two years like like uh Dunkaroos did. So that's the yeah. reason there was such a disparity for sure. So but that yeah. being said, I say all that. And I love Dunkaroos so much. So, mm-hmm. both awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're not here to talk about that for the next four hours. Um, in fact, we're not going to talk about I anything guess. for the next four hours because that would be insane.
1: That would be insane. I would be very upset. It
0: is court time. It is court time once again, and you know what that means? Time for me to make some sounds. <laughs> Did yeah. you like that? Was that good? It
1: was good. It was good. It was. It was short, sweet aggressive though like good i'm into it i'm into time it. time
0: for me to make some noises i hadn't done it's the ag- old school aggressive one in a while so
1: that was good that's good this this week we are doing mrs doubtfire everyone loves mrs doubtfire mm-hmm. versus the cable guy which i feel like is going to be similar in the pb crisps realm to be like if you like I- cable guy the cable guy you liked the cable guy
0: i think it's also an age thing i mean we'll go into that too but later on but like the age mm-hmm. thing too comes into it is that you know mrs doubtfire was more of like an any age thing versus like cable guy was very much more of an adult thing uh yes. it felt like so um yes. so it looks like uh hmm, my notes say research shows that lisa is going
1: first Hmm. i will i will i will save i mean again i like the cable guy i like mrs doubtfire save the best for less we'll see it that way uh-huh. Mrs. for less. so the cable guy is a ben stiller flick which i did not Realize it was, which, yeah, so which means it was actually full of a lot of amazing, like, I was delighting in the fact of all the little cameos I saw of all the comedians that were showing up in this film, so it dropped in June of 96, and Mm -hmm. it's got a super solid cast, so Jim Carrey is Chip Douglas, the cable guy himself, Matthew Broderick is Steven, the other main character, I'm gonna side note real quick, I'm sorry, Matthew Broderick, you're a shitty actor. (laughs) Not good, not enjoyable to watch in the least. I
0: feel like he did one good film like that's not it, true. was it ferris bueller's day off i'm if i'm if i just got that name wrong i will be so sad with myself
1: when it comes to stuff that matthew broderick is in i cannot say that i know anything about it because it's just not so good but he was just super dead i mean maybe he just didn't feel very much for this yeah, ferris role. bueller sorry just, yeah well okay well that's good at least one of us know something about a very important good movie from from this era but yeah sorry matthew broderick no, me gusta. Um, Leslie Mann as as uh, Stephen's love interest, Robin. Oh. Um, Jack Black is in the movie here. This is, he plays Stephen's best friend. Whoa. And then also, yeah, Ben Stiller is also in the movie. There's like an underlying current going on the whole time that there's like this this set of twins who like one killed the other one, and Ben Stiller plays both. And so there's like this jury like trial going on in the background the whole time. Um, Owen Wilson is in the movie. Janine Garofalo. When Dude. was the last time you heard that name? Oh. Like
0: Especially like I, I you said Leslie Mann and I was like, that can't be right. She's like been in stuff more like in the 2000s and stuff. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, no, she was just 24 years old doing this movie.
1: <laughs> like, She's itty bitty. Yeah. She was itty bitty in this one. Uh, you got Janine Jean Gar- Garofalo. You got David Cross, Bob Odenkirk. David Cross, yes. Yes, you get Andy Dick and Kyle Glass. So, there, I mean, there's there's a lot of good this people in this. I mean, it's everybody. It's everybody. I mean, it was a, I mean, any chance to see Bob Odenkirk is a good chance. And he, he he doesn't have a huge role or anything, but it's even Andy Dick's performance in here is funny. But it's, listen, this is a comedy, but it's considered like a dark comedy. And honest yes. to goodness, it's pretty unsettling. And I don't, that's why I think that these two are probably super mismatched, but there's a through line in there that, like I was talking to you about, of like maybe two people who just want to be loved, um, and are struggling to get that, you mm-hmm. know, er, in, in totally different ways. But there, that could be our through line. I'll, there.
0: I'll give, I'll give you it, even though I don't agree, but I, I like that you thought of something. So
1: I thought I, I was like I was grasping at straws here, buddy. So the premise is that Jim Carrey's character Chip is playing a cable guy who is desperate for friendship and affection um basically just wants anybody in his life to love him and and instead he's just getting pushed away by everyone and so he's super overbearing he's crossing all these boundaries just in order to make a connection with anybody and so think of a time in which you were like man i really want to get that girl's attention or like you know or just something like that and like and then mm-hmm. dial that desire that you have but like understanding how you're supposed to react as a normal person turn that dial to 106 yes. and that's where Chip Douglas is this mm-hmm. entire film okay like every cringy thing that you could think of to do to make someone be like, oh, you're kind of like, creepy. It's yeah. not something
0: that everybody does all the time, but I'll, like most people have done it at least once with somebody like Ben, not to the, his degree, of course, but like in some way you can relate a little bit to that overbearingness.
1: I, I did that. I'll be honest. I did that a few years ago when I moved to, to Texas, uh, moved to this town. I, there was a girl I met at the park through a mutual friend, but I don't I didn't know her. I just kind of heard her name, and I was just like, she just seems really cool, and I want to be her friend. So I was just like, I found her on Facebook, and I messaged mm. her, and I was like, look, I want to be your friend. You just seem like a good person, and I want to be your friend. And I was like, I know this is creepy, but... I just want to put it out there. And we became friends. And it wasn't so creepy, Well, but that's it was not. honest. It wasn't so but <laughs> but it was just like, but it was like who who in their 30s messages someone and be like, I just want to be your friend. You seem like a person that you want to be. I don't know. It just
0: I mean, here's the thing, is it odd. it is such a rare this is a complete derailing, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, like no, no, it's, no, it's so fine. it's so it's so weird, but it's also like having somebody say, I want to be your friend, like compared to anything remotely sexual like it's like thank god it's not something That's weird true. and creepy sexual just they just, like, just want to yeah, be, I be friend. your
1: friend i want to be real good friends yeah best friends but yeah i'm not i didn't do that with that person uh yet
0: wink wink wink, wink wink so
1: um so yeah so he, so uh chip starts off the film by installing cable for matthew broderick's character his name is Stephen. um he's moving into his new apartment after he and his lady leslie Mann, aka robin have just split so he, Stephen gets tipped off by Jack Black's character that if you give the capable guy a cool 50, he will hook you up with all the bonus channels for nothing. And so he's like, you know what? What the fuck? I'm going to give it a shot, I guess. He tries it as a last ditch ever um, whenever Chip is like about to leave his apartment. And Chip is like, hey, that's uh, a bribe. And I won't. And he's like being real awkward about it. If you remember from this movie, oh, yeah. Jim characters character has a uh, a huge lisp. So so he's kind of got that, like, wiliness of him, but it's more, like, unsettled and childlike and whatnot. And so he ends up taking the bribe form and kind of laughs it off and then calls Stephen's character, or Stephen AM, his, like, preferred customer, and gives him his card. And he's like, we're going to be friends. Like, let's hang out. And, and, of course, Stephen's like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. And then he tries to play it off, but then, like... He, he takes him to the city's main satellite dish and he, he's like like he, he's like well he wants to be friend of him. he's like so we're gonna go to the main satellite dish i'm gonna show you around in town and and they do this and like when when they get to the satellite dish in town this is where things get like a little over as chip begins to mm-hmm. tell steven that he was like mainly raised on tv as his mother who was a single mother um was mostly gone a lot so he's like mama is my tv and Um, And this is where like the weird encounter slash stalking really ramps up as Chip crashes a basketball game that Steven's playing with his friends. And do you remember the scene like Jim Carrey and like the super short workout shorts and like sweating and. Oh, does he break the basketball
0: glass or whatever? He breaks the (laughs)
1: basketball glass. Yeah, that's right. And like, and like launches off Jack's black, Jack Black's back. That's hard to say. Jack Black's back to do that dunk. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a whole thing, and that's whenever it just starts to get pretty weird. And so later, he uh, Stephen goes home to find like his answering machine full of messages from Chip, and they start as casual, but like, hey man, what's up? Just want to see if you want to hang out. And then a few more, like a little more desperate, and then to the point where he was just like, hey man, I was in the shower, thought you might have call while I was in the shower, just calling to check in. Guess not. Bye. And it's just like, oh no, stop, 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 and like your insides just start twisting because you're like, stop being so creepy, mm-hmm. stop being awful, and then one scene that absolutely deserves attention in this film is the trip that chip takes Steven on to medieval times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> have you, have you ever been to Times? I've never, times?
0: here's the crazy thing. It, there's one in like, that's like, Two hours for me, and I've just never been, and it's crazy because i have like that's so that's so my uh, right up my alley, and I just haven't mm-hmm. done it.
1: It's right, I've never <laughs> been, and we lived. I mean, in Dallas, there was one that I'd went to. Of course, now it's like I don't think I want to fucking go to this right now. But anyway, there's this there's this incredible scene. Uh, Janine Garofalo plays, you know, their their waitress there, and then who is it? Um, Andy Dick is like the the ringleader of the whole uh-huh. situation. It's really funny. They end up getting into a duel in the arena and chip takes it way too seriously um oh, and it right. ends up being a whole thing yeah and if you remember he like pulls the cheese or skin off the chicken or whatever they have and puts it on his face and does the like silence um, of the, silence of the <laughs> lambs yeah it's so good um so all the while this is going on like chip chip jim jim carrey's character chip is getting like overly affectionate and, and like trying to thank him for his friendship because he's really Loving and latching on to this connection, and he and he gives him like Chip. Stephen comes home and finds an entire like brand new home entertainment system just in his apartment. Jesus. He's like, "What the hell!" And um, all the while, Stephen is trying to get back with his ex girlfriend Robin, and Chip is like tr- like meddling super hard into his life. And he insists that because he got Stephen this this like huge entertainment system, that they they need to have a karaoke party. Okay. And so and, and so chip invites all of his other preferred customers, which are just a bunch of old people <laughs> um, and so but he also invites a prostitute over that he has that he like gets yeah. Stephen to sleep with yeah this is a, this is a whole thing it's like these two movie one of these things is not like the other this is that movie and chip then like frames him by taking a Polaroid of, of Stephen and that prostitute together. And it kind of holds it over his head while he's trying to get back with with Robin. And so it again, it's not necessarily that Chip is trying to keep Robin and Stephen apart, but that he's like meddling so hard in Stephen's life that he's, you know, inserting himself into every part of his life. So Stephen actually beats up Robin's new boyfriend, played by Owen Wilson, in the bathroom. If you remember that scene, he like oh, pays God. the bathroom attendant to go away so he can whoop this guy's ass in the in the bathroom. It's like I believe I saw him like plucking his eyebrows at one point. It was aggressive. And let's see, where am I in my notes? Um, Robin and Steven do get back together. And then Steven tries to break up with Chip being like, I don't have any room in my life for a friend right now. And that's when Chip gets wicked weird and goes on like a revenge terror and actually gets Steven thrown in jail, like on the accusation of theft of that home theater system that he gave. Yes. And so once he gets out of jail, Chip is like, Friendly, friendly with Robin, his girlfriend, and like has all of his family and friends over at a you know at his apartment for um, a game of password, which I which I if you don't know password, it's like you take a word and then you try to describe it without using the word, mm-hmm. and. Chip makes it super sexual and like the words are like vagina and nipple. And then the last one is just, its just a lot. It's a lot.
0: Yeah. He's and, like being super uptight about the whole thing and, and everybody's like, Oh, it's fine. Come on. Well,
1: Cause he's, he's trying to make him explain these, play this game with his mother, his own yeah. mother. And it's like, you don't want to have your mother guess the word nipple. Like no one wants that ever. And so he gets Steven fired from his job and that's not so great. And this ends up, we're kind of at the finale at this point, which is where chip has taken Robin to the satellite dish in town okay and Stephen tracks them down and this 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 is the part that really cracked me up. They show up at the satellite dish and then Steven shows up but they're not there and, and where, where he when he does find them. Robin is like tied up and hanging from the satellite dish. I was like, "Excuse, how did this happen? You were so just driven things. here, and now you're just hanging, tied up from a satellite." Di- I don't it's understand. Very efficient. Very efficient for someone who seems a little off his rocker all the time. So, uh, Stephen and Chip begin to have a fight. It escalates to where St- Chip jumps off the tower. And, like, what, what you think is that he lands and gets impaled on the satellite dish. And this is all happening at the time that, like, all of the town has been waiting for the verdict to come in on this, like, Ben Stiller trial thing. And right as he jumps off, they're about to read it, and then he hits the satellite dish, and all the tech- it all TV's shuts off. That's blank. right. Yes, and I remembered this is that Chip died. He did not die. He ends up just having like a broken back or something like that. And and so the ending of the movie is that he's being carried out by the medic, the air medic, and the air medic is like, "Come on, buddy, you're gonna make it. You've got it." And he's like, "Buddy, buddy, like, are you my real? Are you my real buddy?" Yes. And he's like, "Sure, sure. whatever you want. But, like you, we can be pals." And then he's just like. Yeah. And then so he's just now turned his sights onto this poor air medic, and that's the cable guy. And so oh. I don't know how the, the movie is good. Jim Carrey is a good actor in this movie. I like it when comedians take on darker roles like this. This is why I liked him in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This the is best. why I liked Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. This is why huh. I loved Robin Williams in One Hour Photo. Like, damn I it. love this stuff. I damn know, it. Damn I it. You just, I, I was know.
0: literally going to bring that up, but.
1: I know, but I beat you because I love that movie. I love uh, it's a fucking match. It's, it's literally movie. top ten
0: for me. So yeah,
1: one hour photo is yes. It's good though. It holds up, but it does. So <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So that's that's Cable Guy, man. It's Fuck. so good. Yeah, I don't, don't, don't worry about like, it. I will don't say this: it.
0: just after listening to that entire thing, I was like, I want to watch this movie again because, like, I like. I'm sure it probably doesn't feel that way, but just like listening to it described, like. Mm-hmm holy shit, like, I probably wasn't, like, mature enough when, like, the last time I watched it to, like, completely understand, like, how real it is because I've had Mm -hmm. so, like, I still remember it so much despite having not seen this movie in at least 15 years. Like, I, so it's been a long time, but, like, that, I have so many relatable moments of, like, Mm -hmm. either in school or, like, in uh, social clubs, things like that, you know, when I've been older, where, like, somebody, because I'm always just, like, I, at least early on, I'm I'm better at it now, but, like, I would try and be nice to somebody that was, like, mm-hmm. super, like, hard, you know, that didn't really get along or was socially awkward. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things where you end up getting trapped. Like, you are kidnapped. Yep,
1: yep. <laughs> you're literally, <laughs> yes. like,
0: kidnapped in conversation every time you're somewhere else, like, when you want to be talking to your friends and stuff like that, and you just can't. And it's, like, it's so hard because you want to be nice and caring to this person, but... Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. sorry i know that mm. was this is not the the the, the but situation it is so this because film. this
1: is the, no 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 but it's fine because it is because the movie is a different kind of flick like sure. that and like it's it's i don't know it it is it doesn't even have like that good of a resolution you know it he still doesn't really end up being embraced or loved by matthew Broderick's character really i mean there's kind of like some kind of making amends at the end but at the end he's still kind of alone or just mm-hmm. looking for someone to love him so oh kind of sad it is a bummer yeah i just
0: i hadn't thought of one hour photo in so long and i was like wait wasn't there robin williams film that was very similar to this and like the darkness and stuff like that because like i relate to that like when i watch that movie every time i'm like i feel you my man like i feel and get why you did what you did but man
1: you mean one hour photo yeah
0: it's always funny because like i always like feel and i understand like why he snapped and did what he did in that movie but Mm -hmm. Everybody did you, did you ever watch Everybody Father else of like the he year? was so creepy. I'm like he wasn't creepy like I mean it was creepy but you know like it was yeah. they they did a good job of like making it understandable of why he did what he did. So
1: Yeah. Did did you did you see Father of the Year that Robin Williams was in? No. That's a good one. That's okay. it's not it's kind of darker but it's not one hour photo, but it's sure. it's in that wheelhouse. But anyway, that's a side note. Let's get nice. back to the 90s, hey. shall we? Hey. Yeah. Whoa. Right. Oh, so whoa. is that is that step, your step, is skills. that your
0: case on the cable guy?
1: That is the case on the cable uh, guy because I really want to give a lot of time to okay. Mrs. Doubtfire because it deserves it all. Oh, uh, so. it's fine.
0: So anyway, so Mrs. Doubtfire, a slight slight turn of the wheel slight to turn. a different uh genre. Yeah. So <laughs> this film, first off, this is just this blew my mind. Budget twenty five million dollars. Box office four hundred and forty one point three million dollars. <laughs> god damn son like for a comedy for a comedy that was a pg-13 that is Uh crazy um because robin
1: williams was pulling bank at the time he could get a crowd
0: it's just i mean like just comedy like comedies just normally don't perform that well as like you know action or dramas and things like that but anyways so let's give a little quick summary just to go over a little bit of the film so daniel hildard robin williams is a free freelance voice actor and we start the meet. We actually That's start the right. film. He's doing voices of a cartoon, like which it looked like it was a cartoon made in like the '50s, and yet he's doing the voiceover work for this cartoon that was just like a bird singing and this cat like trying to eat him. And then at the end, he like the cat lights has the bird light up a big fat cig, and he just like starts doing voiceover like that wasn't real and just being like smoking's bad for you, like because he's like <laughs> he's like this is fucked up. We're not gonna show this to kids. And they disagreed, and so he quit his job there. Um, okay. So that's the beginning. And so he goes goes home to drown his sorrows by picking up his kids and having the most insane birthday party ever. Um, literally like 400 kids and a literal petting zoo inside the house. Uh, food is everywhere. Um, hip-hop music is playing. So the neighbor calls uh, Sally Field, and we see her background, which is that she's like a super professional person. Uh, designer and artist or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh I think she's like a like a home designer or something like that, but she looks rich so She looks like very well off according to that, but um so she gets called and she gets has to go home and she's like what the actual fuck when she sees the party which is like the police were even there. Like here's the thing, I posted on Twitter this week that like you know what? When I watched this movie as a ki- as like a kid and stuff, I was like man, I can't believe what an uptight jerk Sally Field was and how awesome Robin Williams is. And after, like, watching the majority of this movie, at least, being like, man, Sally Field was, like, the only sane person in this movie.
1: (laughs) That's right. Everybody else was like, no, let's let this totally insane batshit dad just do whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's just, it's like, I get it. Like, you want to be good, but, like, that was, like, just some over-the-top shit. So, anyway, so she decides Mm -hmm. they're going to get divorced um, because we find out later it's like she for historically forever like goes and works her ass off constantly day in and day out while robin williams is all like constantly between jobs and um she also she feels like she loves her kids but she's like every time she shows up it's like he'll give them everything and so she shows up and then she's always the bad guy in every situation and and kind of feels like she's drifting away from the kids and stuff whereas he you know we find out late, way later, when she's talking to Miss Stoutfire about this, but we'll get to that later. Okay. So um, Sally Field gets full custody of the kids because Robin Williams is unemployed <laughs> and just uh, and can't really take care of himself well. So he gets to visits on Saturdays, and Robin Williams is pissed, so he wants to see them more and finds out she's looking for a housekeeper to work at the house and watch the kids. So he. He quickly sees this advertisement she was going to place in the paper and changes a couple numbers so that anyone who's calling for the advertisement will not get her. They'll call a number that doesn't exist. And as a result of that, he then played the character of like 15 different people calling her that were just terrible, like awful people, like just, you know, like, I like putting the kids in the fire, you know, or something. You know, not that's not really what it was. But like making it because she's like desperate now. She's like, oh, my God, all these applicants are terrible. Um, So that when he finally called doing his uh, Mrs. Doubtfire voice, she's like, fuck, yes, anything, please. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) so he's like, so apparently he decided the order of operations for this was get the job and then figure out how you're going to do that after the fact, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which was he just he just like, okay, I got it. And then now he's like, okay, I need to I guess I have to figure out how to look like an old woman every single day of my life for the Mm -hmm. like the rest of my life um, luckily he has a gay brother who accomplishes that because apparently if you're gay that just means you can do like it was just a weird like again it's a 90s thing they have a lot of 90 weird 90s tropes where it's like oh of course he's gay that's why he knows how to do insane plastic you know so Obviously. sorry I won't get into that it's just it's like I said it's it's a 90s thing we're gonna run to it like a million movies like everything's gonna have some faux pas and there. like some things that are like not cool now but Mm-hmm. It, you know, this one's pretty par for the course on just kind of some some light things that were questionable. So uh he works it works out. So he gets him, you know, all fixed up as Mrs. Doubtfire, and then uh the next portion of the movie is various poorly aged. Wow, look at him dressed in a woman's <laughs> woman's outfit jokes uh over and over again. Um and Mrs. Doubtfire ended up being super dope at keeping the house up and taking care of the kids. And even though they originally hated him or hated her, I should say, they love her now. So it's kind of interesting because in addition to like him being a great housekeeper for them, he's also like growing as a human being himself because he was kind of childish. So he's learning how to cook, learning how to clean, you know, learning how to get the kids to like study and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Sally Field at this time is hanging out with Pierce Brosnan, which I mean, I can't blame her because he's, Much better looking than Robin Williams.
1: But what Uh, does Pierce Brosnan do hanging out with Sally Field?
0: I don't know. He's just like, man, I just remember you from high school and you were so hot. And she's like, oh, okay, well. Look
1: at you now. You are Sally Field.
0: Yeah, and she's like, cool. Well, you're really rich and attractive. So I remember as a kid thinking that he was a huge tool and an asshole. But upon watching again, he really was just a guy. Like he was just a normal guy trying to be nice, and Mrs. Doubtfire was just a dick to him constantly. Mm-hmm. Like just like super passive aggressive insults nonstop. stop they really um, so
1: funny though? Oh, oh my it was gosh. H- oh, it
0: was hilarious. It was just it was like I'm like oh he wasn't really a dick. He just was getting shit on the whole time despite doing nothing wrong. Yeah. So uh, so the two older kids discover Mrs. Doubtfire peeing standing up. Whoops and they're like oh Oops. fuck that's a dude and then robin williams is like hell yeah it is it's me dad <laughs> and so they fortunately they act chill about it and but the uh the, the youngest the little girl who played matilda uh yes. didn't know about it cuz she would spill the beans so robin williams uh scores a side gig uh moving boxes for some tv station and while he's there he's like late at night playing with these dinosaurs um and the owner, like, comes in and sees him doing that And is like, hey, that's really good Like, I'd like to talk to Mip About you maybe having a show Because the other guy sucks ass Who's been doing this dinosaur show for us um, So they schedule a meet and greet at 7pm At this one restaurant on an, a Thursday And then he found out that's later right. that night That uh, that Pierce Brosnan is taking out the whole family Including Miss, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire To the exact same restaurant At the exact same time on the exact same day Um, And he, like, tries to get out of it, but they're like, no. Like, the kids are, like, crying, and they're like, you have to go. So, anyways, hilarity ensues.
1: (laughs) So much hilarity. Oh, I forgot about this sequence.
0: So, it's basically... inconceivable series of him going into the bathroom changing outfits like occasionally like running into a woman who is in the bathroom like as he <laughs> turns into robin williams you know that kind of stuff and it's just this back and forth and clearly he's meeting with the other guy like the tv uh, head and getting way too drunk drinking he just keeps giving him like double whiskeys <laughs> like he just apparently is like oh i'm just gonna pound this so he's been drinking him, so he's getting like super drunk as this process goes on and, like, as Mrs. Doubtfire, like, keeps tripping and, like, you know, knocking things over and stuff. Um, and at some point, he, he ends up going into the kitchen. Apparently, he's drunk enough to decide that, like, I'm going to put a bunch of spicy shit on Pierce Brosnan's food because he can't handle spicy things. <laughs> um, so then, amongst all of the chaos, he, very satisfied, goes back to the table. Uh, he meant to go back to the table with Pierce Brosnan and the, and the kids and everything. But instead, he goes back to the table with the guy, still wearing Mrs. Doubtfire outfit, who's like, what the fuck is going on? Because he just shows up, sits down, and then still talking in Robin Williams' voice, wearing the outfit. And then he <laughs> plays it off like, this is the new character I'm going to be playing. I'd like to play on your show. And then he tries starts to explain it. And then suddenly, he hears Pierce Brosnan choking from the other side of the room. He runs across, goes to save Pierce Brosnan, uh, does some horrific version of the Heimlich maneuver that looks like it would have crashed, crushed so many ribs. Um, and then it ends up, they fall back backwards and the shrimp pops out of his throat. He saves the day. And then as they're getting up, uh, Robin Williams mask, like face mask has completely torn like halfway down his face. And so Sally field looks and is like, fuck me. Unreal. So she was just like fucking done. And so, and so, wouldn't you be? Yeah. So they, I mean, here's the thing, <laughs> I am just going to say this real quick, thinking about the moment, because I didn't talk about all the moments during this movie of like, like Sally Field and Mrs. Doubtfire, like getting really close and talking about things, personal things that mm-hmm. like she'd never talked about with anything, like the amount of insanely sketchy shit <laughs> that Robin Williams ended up hearing as a result of pretending to be someone else is genuinely criminal (laughs) like like, it's like this is so fucking criminal what he actually did here um
1: oh yeah that ain't right that shit ain't right at all yeah
0: but it's like but i did it with good intentions because i wanted to be a good dad um so anyways so sad times robin williams loses custody for reals this time and can only have one one supervised visit a week um so he's super sad but He got the show on that T V channel as Mrs. Doubtfire on this educational show, which evidently every day the kids and Sally Field would watch and the show was gaining popularity. So the kids are kinda sad and they're crying because they miss Mrs. Doubtfire. And Sally Field was even like, I miss Mrs. Doubtfire too. She made things so much better and she's like, I can't and I was listening, I'm like, wait, they're talking about Mrs. Doubtfire as if she's a real person, but then they she literally said that. She's like, I keep talking about her like she's a real person, but the fact is everybody was happier when she was around, you know? And so apparently they decide to give Robin Williams a chance.
1: Welcome and decide back, dad.
0: That, yeah. So basically they, they cancel all the court rulings and just like, fuck all that. Um, and let him take care of the kids for like the three hours that, that, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire would normally take care of them during the day. So everybody's happy and happiness ensues. The end.
1: The end. Um, you failed to mention my favorite line of the whole movie uh-huh. where Mrs. Doubtfire pegs Pierce Brosnan's character with like a lime or something from across the oh, pool. Oh, yes. She goes like, the drive- <laughs> it was a drive-by fruiting. It's one of my favorite lines of the whole damn movie.
0: And I'm going to talk Go about, so I have some trivia on this one. It's kind oh, of, okay, it's so kind of, it's super it. interesting on these. Um, so I will say this is that this movie I actually really, really enjoyed in a rewatch, which I only mentioned that because I did watch hook for an episode of uh, a few months back, and that one I was kind of like, uh, not so great, you know. But yeah. this one I really thought was still really held up. Um, it didn't age well in certain parts, but other than that, it was it was good. Um, trivia: Robin Williams' own son did not recognize him in the suit, so that's neat. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. In fact, he actually wanted to test how believable the outfit was, and would often go to different places wearing the outfit to see if anyone would recognize him or even comment like, "You're wearing a suit." Um, he went to various places to buy things, including a sex shop to buy a dildo <laughs> and no one suspected a thing.
1: Whoa. That's He did it hilarious. like for a joke
0: for himself just because he wanted to go as Mrs. Doubtfire in order and buy a dildo. He,
1: he, ha, ha. Big joke. Yeah. Just kidding. Robin Williams.
0: <laughs> so oh my gosh. The director would use two or three cameras in every scene with Robin Williams because he literally never know. He never knew what Robin Williams was going to do in a scene. So he had to have different angles in case it went in an unexpected way because he, improvised like everything.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, he was he's he was good at it.
0: Yeah. In fact, according to the director, he improvised so much in this film that there are literally a PG a PG PG thirteen rated R and NC seventeen edit of the film. So like. If, An NC-17 yeah,
1: edit of Doubtfire? I
0: can't be- fathom what that would be, but he said literally like they could, if they edited in a certain way, like for all these different ways, like they could absolutely make it any rating they wanted, but they'd always play it on PG-13, so that's what it ended up being, which surprised me honestly, because I didn't remember that, but they do say goddamn several times right at the beginning of the movie, which was surprising.
1: Yeah, uh, I wow. But I mean, I, I assume that the NC-17 scenes... Did not include the child actors. Oh, absolutely not. I'm sure <laughs> in, it was in, in the area. Gosh, I'm sure it was probably insane.
0: some uh, some in some nudity that was like very gratuitous of like Robin Williams.
1: I see. That sounds like something he probably yeah. would
0: have done. Yeah. So scenes with Robin Williams, wait for this, were typically shot fifteen to twenty-two times.
1: Okay. Because
0: because he, he had to get the scene out of his system, so he would always shoot. That many times, which is fucking insane. Among those shots, he was only required to follow the scene as scripted two to three times. And then the rest of them, he would generally improvise or play around during what
1: that. What a fascinating way to yeah. have him for, uh-huh. to, to film. Wow. That's great. Well, I mean, yeah. that just goes to show how much they trust him as a comedian to be like, we're going to let you, you have to do contractually, you have to do it our way. Yeah. Twice. Then we're going to give you free reign to do it twenty other times. Exactly. That's <laughs> like you that's you just
0: so much time for filming to do that. It is. Um, so the director did love this because he states that the funniest moments of the film came from doing exactly that, where he improvised. Yeah. So here's another wild thing. Thinking about how much time they spent on filming scenes with Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, the makeup of Mrs. Doubtfire would take roughly four and a half hours a day.
1: Oh, can you imagine?
0: That's like more than half a work day. <laughs> it's, just, it's just getting the, the makeup on. So I'm guessing they probably shot them in clumps.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, the film originally was supposed to be far darker than it was, showing the toll that divorce can take on a family. So, I mean, this is the thing. They shot all these, they shot the film as if it was going to be that. Like, they shot everything in the film and it was going to be that way. Mm-hmm. But they decided to make it more family friendly and cut some of the more dramatic scenes. Um, for Thank example, the, like I said, the scene where Sally Field is very emotionally explaining to Mrs. Doubtfire why she divorced her husband. And it was super real and em- emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, like, again, like I said, the reason that I feel like, man, Robin Williams, real sketchy <laughs> that you did this. You're just like sitting there comforting your wife who's explaining to, explaining to a stranger why she divorced you. Um at the beginning of the film, there was a neighbor named Gloria Chaney who lives next door to Sally Field and, and Robin Williams. She actually had a huge role in the film. So, like, her form, she was all, all over it. Like, there were entire, like, large scenes with her involved in it.
1: Mm-hmm. She had
0: a long-term battle between her and Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, who was Robin Williams kind of taking vengeance out on her for calling uh, Sally Field at the beginning uh, to report that she was fucking the house up. But in the end, they ended up cutting every single scene she was in except the beginning sequence where she calls Sally Field. So it's weird because they gave her a name. And so it felt weird in retrospect. I was like, it was weird that they just like specifically named her as a person, as mm-hmm. the neighbor, and then just never appeared again for the rest of the movie. Oh, um, huh. yeah, interesting. So, so they filmed a lot for this film and just cut a lot. So yeah. Chris Columbus, um, which is a great name. Um yes. Dr- The director for this film sold Spielberg the scripts that became Gremlins and The Goonies. Um, He also directed Home Alone before doing Mrs. Doubtfire and eventually the first two Harry Potter films. So decent. Um, (laughs) Evidently, he was crushing it as far as like the films he did. He didn't do a ton of them, but the ones he did Mm -hmm. were amazing. No big deal. Lastly, Tim Allen was originally offered the role of Mrs. Doubtfire slash Daniel, but turned them down. And I'm really glad that he did.
1: Wow, me too. Because that's the last thing we needed was like another Santa Claus or something. Like oh, no, oh, we we oh. like we needed we needed Robin Williams for that. Oh, this movie would not have been anywhere near as notably good. Like that's the thing is, it would have oh. been
0: like completely scripted. Like it would have been the script only, like no improv or anything like that. So it yeah. would have been the serious version of the movie, like they were originally planning. So
1: man, Robin Williams, we miss you. Love you. Love you. All right, you. so Mrs. Doubtfire mrs doubtfire well thank you andy so that that's that's the cable guy versus mrs doubtfire a pretty decent lineup mrs doubtfire finally on the on the stand and then the cable guy well he's here too i guess so so i know i don't mean to throw it under the bus people like the cable guy i liked it go back and watch it It, it, it's all right it's all right i would say after Um, listening
0: to these i want to watch both of these movies i mean i I did watch one of them yeah
1: i do yeah um so let's go ahead and wrap up the show with where to find us if you want to vote and participate in that kind of stuff with us. We are on Facebook and Twitter at 90s Court. Please don't forget that Facebook is a group right now. We have an old page, but we're not updating it anymore because the polls kind of went haywire on, on that. So yeah. facebook.com uh, it's the 90s Court group, please. And then we are on Instagram at 90s.court. Um, and as always, if you want to support the show and get some bonus content and some shout outs, go to mm-hmm. patreon.com slash 90s Court. And as always, hop on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to us on. Give us a nice five-star rating and review. And just say, hey, we like that stuff. Hi. We love you. We miss you. We wish we you do. We miss a you guys good so and much. safe Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. Get out there and sit at home and eat turkey.
1: Get out there and then go back inside. <laughs> and then go inside. And then eat a kid's cuisine by yeah. yourself. <laughs> Super right. throwback Happy with the kids' cuisine. All yeah. right, guys.
0: Well, thank you guys again for listening to episode sixty one. Um, Lisa, any parting remarks before we depart?
1: Hello! Is Hello. That, did I do a good job? Did I do a Hello. good job?
0: I can't that's, do it that's either. Better. All right. Ugh. We'll catch y'all Thanks later.
1: guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. See you guys soon.
0: Stay wrapped.